You Can Handle Anything, episode number 285. Can you imagine being able to handle anything? And by that, I mean actually being able to deal with the difficult situations in your life without blaming and complaining and without getting mad at yourself for losing control. Hi, this is Shira Gura, and I know firsthand what it feels like to get hijacked by your emotions. But I also know that being able to control your emotions in the moment is the most empowering way to live. In this podcast, you will learn skills, tips, and strategies on how to handle everyday emotional situations, not only so you can feel more in control and have fewer automatic reactions, but so that you can actually be the person you truly want to be in any situation, no matter what. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So in case you didn't tune into last week's episode, I want to let you know that I am doing a four-part series on this podcast on the topic of emotional eating this month, which is going to lead up to a live online workshop called Stop the Urges, How to Handle Emotional Eating the Moment It Hits You. And that's going to take place on Sunday, October 30th, and you are invited. I will put the link to the workshop in the show notes and you can click the link to enroll already today to save your spot. So in last week's episode, I spoke about the concept of emotional eating, and I shared some symptoms of emotional eating, so you could see if you could find yourself in them. And I also spoke about how emotional eating has little to nothing to do with food. And at the end of the episode, I offered a challenge to you, which was the next time you eat something, to ask yourself why you are eating. So in this week's episode, I want to take a closer look at what's actually happening in the moment when someone emotionally eats. And to do this, I'd like to introduce you to someone that you may or may not know, and his name is Daniel Kahneman. Do you know the name? In case you don't, Daniel Kahneman is an Israeli-American psychologist and economist who is notable for his work on the psychology of judgment and decision-making. He was awarded the 2002 Nobel Prize in Economic Services for his work in behavioral economics. He was born in 1934, and so today he is 88 years old. I have never met him, but I very much would like to. So if any of you happen to know him and can connect him to me, that would be amazing. Anyway, he's written something like seven books, and the book that I want to bring to your attention today is his book called Thinking, fast and slow. I read the book and I recommend it to you. The book's main thesis is that there are two modes of thinking. So there's the first mode, he calls it system one. And when we think in this way, we think fast, we think instinctively, and we think emotionally. And then there's mode two, which he calls system two. And when we think that way, it's slower, it's more deliberate, and it's more logical. In the work that I do and in my course that I teach, I prefer to use the phrases lower brain, like your primitive brain, and your upper brain to distinguish between those two systems. So for example, if you are taking a walk in the street and you see a car coming, you are going to get out of the way quickly, right? That is system one or your lower brain in action. Now, let's say you are going to buy a new car or you're going to buy a new home. You're going to use system two or your upper brain to make that decision because you want 
that decision to be more slow and more deliberate, right? Now, we actually need both parts of our brains to survive and to move us forward. It's not like one of them is good and one of them is bad. We need both of them. The problem that Dr. Kahneman suggests is when we conflate the two. And he illustrates how we do this through a riddle. And I'm going to offer you the riddle right now. You ready? Okay, so a bat and a ball cost $1.10 in total. The bat costs a dollar more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Do you have an answer? Okay, I'm going to ask it again in case you were not totally listening. So a bat and a ball together cost $1.10 in total. The bat costs a dollar more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Did you answer 10 cents? If you did, I'm sorry to say that you're wrong. The answer is actually 5 cents. So first of all, if you answer 10 cents, don't worry. Most people answer that riddle that way. And that is precisely why I brought this riddle to the podcast today, to prove that point to you. So let's go back to the riddle. If the bat costs a dollar more than the ball, and the total is a dollar 10, then the ball has to cost five cents. And the bat, which is a dollar more, would be a dollar and five cents. So a dollar and five cents plus five cents is a dollar 10, right? That makes sense to you, right? If the ball is five cents and the bat is a dollar more, then the bat is a dollar five and the total would be a dollar 10. Now that's pretty simple math, right? But if that's the case, why didn't you answer five cents to begin with? Assuming that you answered 10 cents, what happened? What happened was most people read or hear the riddle as if the bat equals a dollar rather than the bat being a dollar more than the ball. Because if the bat equals a dollar, then yeah, the ball would have to be 10 cents for the total to be a dollar 10. But that's not what I asked. And so if you answered 10 cents and the bat is a dollar more than that, then the bat actually has to be a dollar 10. And then the total will be a dollar 20. And that's not the original equation. So why do so many people answer this incorrectly? The answer is that people often substitute difficult problems with simpler ones in order to quickly solve them. In this case, people seem to unconsciously substitute the more than statement in the problem with an absolute statement. And that makes the math easier to work with. Like if a bat and ball together cost $1.10 and the bat is a dollar, then the ball must be 10 cents. This is exactly what Kahneman professes and why he brings this example in the book. Often we make quick decisions using that system one or lower brain, quick thinking brain, when we would much better be off using system two, that slower, more deliberate thinking. But even more than that, when we make quick decisions, we actually believe that we are making a decision based on that slow, deliberate thinking when we're actually not. Now, why in the world am I telling you this today on the podcast? Because it has everything to do with emotional eating. Whenever you feel stressed or tired or bored or anxious or whatever difficult emotion you may be feeling at any given moment, and instead of processing through that emotion so that you can manage it and not let that emotion hijack you from the moment that you're in, instead of doing that, 
if you turn to food or drinking or you turn to Netflix or whatever it is that you reach for to numb your emotions, you're using the lower brain or as Kahneman would say, system one, right? Like the brain experiences stress and it reaches for the first thing it can to get you out of pain and suffering. That's exactly the job of the lower brain. So if you find yourself doing this, then you know that your brain is doing actually what it quote unquote should be doing. The problem, of course, is that emotional eating or numbing your emotions in any way that you might do that doesn't necessarily serve you. And you experience that literally moments after you emotionally eat and you feel bloated or maybe you feel sick to your stomach or maybe even you get mad at yourself for doing that. And so what happens is in that split second, when you reach for whatever it is that you're reaching for, and all of us tend to reach for different things, by the way, whether that's cheese or ice cream or jello or something crunchy like potato chips or even something healthy like almonds or carrots. And I just want to pause here for a moment because I was speaking to a friend last week about this topic, and she was saying to me how you'd never see anyone emotionally eat a carrot. And while I do agree that most food that is eaten when we are eating emotionally probably is highly processed and it has a lot of sugar in it, you really can emotionally eat over quote unquote healthy foods like almonds. And I know that because I've experienced it. And so what happens in that split second when you are feeling emotional and your brain is looking for a way to soothe it so it doesn't have to experience that emotion What happens is your lower brain, or what Kahneman say is system one, it kicks in and it does what it thinks you need to do to survive in that moment. And I know it kind of sounds like an exaggeration, like what you need to do to survive in that moment, but your lower brain doesn't understand that the stress that you might be feeling in that moment isn't life or death. It just understands that the experience that you're in is pain and suffering, and it wants to get you out of that as soon as possible. In other words, even if you're just talking to a friend and your friend makes this like kind of not nice comment about your new haircut and you feel hurt by that, your brain doesn't understand that that is not a life or death situation. And so your brain is going to do what it needs to do to get you out of that situation fast. And that might be, you know, making a quick comeback, getting defensive or crying or yelling back or anything else that you need to do to get out of that immediate pain. And that's exactly what happens when we feel emotional and we turn to food. You may think reaching for the cookies or the cereal or the jello or the ice cream or whatever it is that you're reaching for is actually going to help you. And you may think you are thinking this through deliberately, But actually, you're not. It's your lower brain doing its thinking, innocently trying to protect you. In other words, the fact of the matter is your lower brain has a tendency to work against you. And when you think about it, that kind of stinks, right? Like your brain is working against you all the time. On the other hand, that's the fact. And there's not much that you can do about it unless you know how to work with your brain instead of letting it work against you. And it doesn't take as much as it may sound. It just takes some awareness and some willingness to show up for yourself every day, kind of like going to the gym. But instead of going to the gym for your physical body, you would be going to the gym for your emotional body. And if you've got good equipment, like you've got good tools, like the unstuck method, 
you can actually learn how to reverse a lot of habits that you may have fallen into. Because when you think about it for a second, that's all that we're talking about. If you have a tendency to reach for potato chips, for example, when you're stressed, the only reason you do that is because you've gotten into a habit of doing that. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you go down to the kitchen and have ice cream, that's just because you've gotten into a habit or whatever else it is that you do. In that split second, you are choosing to emotionally eat because your brain actually believes it's a good decision. And the truth is, the food will make you feel better for a few seconds until that moment passes and then it doesn't and the emotion that you were trying to numb in the first place is still there. But what happens is when you emotionally eat, your brain remembers that eating that pizza when you were feeling anxious helped calm your nerves for a bit. And so you do that same behavior that you did in the past because it quote unquote worked for you. And what your job is, if you want to get rid of this behavior, is to meet yourself in those moments. To meet yourself the moment you feel a strong emotion come on and nip it in the bud instead of going unconscious and staying in habitual patterns that don't work for you. This may be unfamiliar to you. It may feel strange. It might even be hard at first, but believe me, once you learn how to get unstuck in the moment, it becomes a lot easier. It's just a matter of rewiring your brain. And so the next time you feel like you may be grabbing at food to make yourself feel better, ask yourself, am I using the lower brain, the quick, instinctive, automatic part of my brain, or am I using the upper brain? the slow and more deliberate thinking part of my brain. Don't judge yourself. Just ask yourself what really is going on. This is the first step to creating any change. It's all about self-awareness. In two weeks on October 30th, I'm going to be leading a live workshop called Stop the Urges, How to Handle Emotional Eating the Moment It Hits You. It's going to take place at two o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time six o'clock in the evening if you're in London, and eight o'clock if you are in Jerusalem. And you're all invited. You can already save your spot today by clicking the link in the show notes. This is a really great opportunity to work with me live and to really start working with the components of the unstuck method with me by your side. And by the way, the only reason I'm bringing this to you is because this is something I've experienced in my life and I've learned how to unravel it using my tools. So if this is something that you are experiencing in your life, I would love to have the opportunity to workshop through this with you. Okay, my dear friends, thank you so much for being here today. I'll be back next week for part three of this four-part series. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And remember, you can handle anything. Hello? Hello? Oh, hi, you're one of my podcast listeners, and you wanted to talk to me about being able to handle something in your life. Well, as you know, this is a podcast, so it is kind of like a one-way conversation, but it doesn't have to be like that. When you enroll in my group coaching program, Emotionally Equipped for Life, you will not only have lifetime access to all of my tips, skills, and strategies for being able to handle the everyday emotional situations in your life, you'll have the experience of being in a community of other like-minded women who are going on this journey with you. And you'll meet me live each week to offer you support and to maximize the impact my tools can have in your life. 
You can sign up right away by heading to my website for details, shiragura.com forward slash enroll. Or if you'd like some more details, click the link in the show notes below to watch my free class. And then you can sign up right from there. I cannot wait to see you on the inside.